our, our family didn't have family vacations. We didn't go to the beach in the summertime. You know, we, we, we wrestled. You know, I don't think I did anything that no one can do or else I wouldn't have done it. It's almost like I was more excited for him to win than, 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 I, than I cared about me winning. You know, that was when I really, truly understood that you can't get on that podium without being a well-rounded wrestler. Wrestling is just like one big puzzle. There's like a counterattack to every attack that the opponent has, and it's just fun trying to, like, figure everything out. I really love to watch freestyle wrestling. I watch it, you know, almost every day. I'm watching Russians and Iranians. No, I think you had some uh, pretty good questions, pretty in-depth. Only fault was that I thought I could pin everybody, you know. So going into the semifinals, I didn't really have a game plan. It took me a couple of years to really recognize uh, just what I had actually done um, and how really rare that that is. I was like super, super, super intense. All I cared about was wrestling. For 17 years, it was like. This is what I was training for, you know, and this is potentially my last tournament. It's like, this is it. It's like eight mile, like you only get one shot. I felt like he took what was mine, you know, and um, I was trying to take what was his. So just kind of how things go. Welcome to episode 24 of the Sudden History Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Earl Smith. We're at the beginning of August, normally a quiet time in the wrestling schedule. However, we're only a few days away from the start of the 2016 Olympic Games from Rio. We may have some Olympic-style sudden history on the horizon. Also, I'm working on a series of episodes. Uh, kind of a fun topic, not the normal type of show that you would expect from me. I know that's kind of vague, but uh, maybe I'll drop some more hints at a later date. Regardless, that'll be coming your way in the next few weeks, and I think people will have fun with it. What we're doing today is talking to Purdue's assistant coach Tyrell Todd. Welcome to Sudden History. Our guest today was a three-time NCAA All-American and Big Ten champion for Michigan. Currently, he serves as an assistant coach at Purdue. Let's welcome Tyrell Todd. Hello. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for thanks for being on with us. Um, so you're entering your third season coaching at Purdue. Um, how about a quick look back at the 2015-16 season? Your thoughts on the team's performance? You had three NCAA qualifiers, one of which Chad Welsh lost a close one to fall in the round of 12? Um, you know, this last year um, had had a lot of uh, you know milestones, I think, as a program. Um, academically, our guys did an outstanding job, which speaks to the message that we've been, been uh, consistently delivering to them about taking care of business in the classroom. And then, you know, it did have Chad Welch really emerge. You know, he was a guy that the year before was 500 in his record. And uh, he really got down to uh, to changing his lifestyle, making a, a major commitment for his senior year, and, and it paid off. You know, he was second in Vegas. He won Midlands, um, which was a program first in 53 years, first Midlands champion at per, for Purdue in 53 years, and uh, just really proud of his effort. I mean, unfortunately, you know, uh, you don't always get what you want. You know, he came up a little bit mm -hmm, short sure. there at the uh, at the national tournament, but uh, you know, really proud of his effort and uh, just a just a team in that class doing a great job. I mean, we've been very fortunate. Uh, these guys that we've inherited uh, really buying into 
to the process. And you know, now we're starting to get some of the guys we recruited in the room. And uh, I'm really excited about the development we've been seeing. And, uh, you know, for example, we got almost a whole team here training right now through through a summer training cycle. And, uh, and so we're, we're making gains on, on a lot of people right now. And so you had mentioned uh, some of the incoming freshmen. Um, you have a class that's going to be highly ranked by all of the national websites and publications. Um, it was particularly impressive to me because a few of these guys came from neighboring states with Big Ten schools, as well as some of the in-state studs. You know, the, the prior to the current coaching staff's arrival, Purdue had quality recruits, just not up to the level of some of these freshmen you've signed. You know, what can we expect from some of these new faces? Well, um, you know, that's, that's a great question. Um, you know, I feel like our job as coaches is, is recruiting the kids with the right fit. And then, you know, the development begins. Um, and there has to be an, an enormous amount of the development. Um, you know, as far as expectations, you know, the, a lot of these kids, you know, Sean Streck is the number one heavyweight in the country. Uh, you know, that's playing, that's wrestling. The other, the, the guy that was actually number one is playing football. So I don't count him. <laughs> yeah, that makes uh, sense. But, uh, you know, a guy like that, he, he's, he's got a lot of uh, skills and abilities, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a big test for him. You know, it's, he's away from, away from mom and, and family and, uh, he's going to, he's going to have to, uh, you know, stand on his own two feet and, and decide what kind of man he wants to be. And I think that's why you never know what you're going to get when it, when it comes to, you know, jumping from high school to college. Now the expectation is that some of these guys are going to really, excel and and i expect nothing less than that for them and and i'm going to do everything in my power to to help that happen um but i think that's what's what's uh so you know exciting and fun about our sport about the sport of wrestling but also um you know it's it's such a challenge to us coaches and and, and you know when you're out recruiting is you know you, you gotta you gotta be able to see if this if these individuals have the skills, the, you know, the the, uh, the self-reliance, the the wherewithal to be able to to you know forge through when when it's tough, you know, when they're getting beat up in the room, when classes are tough, you know, professors are piling mm-hmm. on more assignments. Um, you know, it's it's not an easy racket. I think wrestling is the toughest sport to go from high school to college in because of the physicality of it, and um, you know. Obviously, we've got some some great standouts with a Griffin Perry, with a Sean Strett, um, you know, with guys like Devin Schroeder from Michigan, uh, with guys like Christian Bruner, guys like Kobe Woods, in-state guys. I mean, those guys are all top 100 guys who, you know, they've, they've demonstrated great wrestling ability. And now, you know, the time is gonna gonna come to see what kind of men they want to be. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to that journey but uh really you know excited for the opportunities and for for what these kids are capable of one of the first things you said was finding the right fit um what characteristics in a high school wrestler matter to you the most as a d1 coach when you're evaluating potential future signees um you know i i've been kind of working on on that uh for myself and for our program here at purdue but you know, I, I just find myself, and I've had many conversations with with Coach Ersland, with Tony, who uh, had the, the great pleasure to work with this last two years. Um, you know, Tony and I work together closely, and 
and you know we have we view wrestling in a lot of the same ways, but our our different experiences uh, that we bring to the table, uh, I think, give us a lot of different perspectives. Um, but you know when I'm looking at you know a, a future Purdue national champ, a future Purdue All American, um, you just can't you can't do it without grit. They, they've got to, they've got to have a, a level of toughness and a level of fortitude that you know. It, and, and sometimes you, they don't always happen, but you got to see glimpses of it in high school. You know, whether it be storming back, you know, after taking a loss, whether it be being down and being able to, you know, down in a match and being able to come back and, and get the win. Um, you know, having presence out there, even when, you know, not being rattled, when, when things aren't going their way. I mean, these are all things we look for. Um, and obviously, you know, everyone likes the flash and the, and the kids that are, had, had you know tremendous God-given talents and abilities and, and athletic ability. Those kids, a lot of guys and a lot of coaches will, will kind of flux or um, gravitate toward those kids. And and I, I like I, I want to look past that. I want to see if the kid has has he been pushed? Has he been? Has he had to really reach down deep? And what's there? Does he have some sand? Does he got some bottom to him? And that's what I'm looking for. Kids that have some bottom to them. Kids that you know, and, and then I've been finding out more recently, you know, it's not just about the kid. You know, you're recruiting, you know, the coach, the parents, all these things. And those are really important factors as far as individual development, because the reality is, is, is and the, the beauty of wrestling, I think, is we, we create a lot of adversity for these kids. And mm-hmm. for us to be able, to, for these kids to be able to forge through that adversity and and succeed and success doesn't always mean getting your hand raised. It, it, you know, success, success is to, it, to me is defined by a maximum effort. I, I want a maximum effort out of my kids, but, you know, and mm-hmm. um, you know. But to me, that that's <clears throat> that's 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 the crux right there is is um, you know finding out how they're going to respond when that adversity is, and a lot of it how they were raised, you know, how they their view of whether they view themselves as, as, uh, you know, being in control of things that happen. And if they, if they, if they can control things that happen, then, uh, you know, take care of those things and not, not trying to waste energy, trying to take care of the things they, they can't control. And, uh, and then some, some kids literally, you know, think that, uh, you know, that, that the world's out to get them. Nothing's their fault. You know, every, every point mm-hmm. fingers and, and those kids, really very rarely have success when I mean, they're trying to blame everything on everyone else. Well, it was the coach's fault. That was the, if, you know, if my, if I'd have done this, if I, if I'd have cut my weight, right. If I'd have, you know, and we've all heard those stories a thousand times. Sure. Um, as we're speaking, the cadet and junior national championships are taking place in Fargo. You were a guy that came from Montana without access to some of the big in season high school tournaments how important was it for you in the recruiting process to go into Fargo as a rising senior and play seventh in junior freestyle? You know, it was, it was huge. Um, I, I, uh, I really, owe. it's funny, you know, thinking back, I grew up on a dairy farm and I was just home working at camp and I never thought in a million years I would buy my first house in the suburbs in, in West Lafayette, Indiana, you know, <laughs> and, and uh, it's just amazing, you know, what, you know, twists and turns life has. Um, but I got to point back to my coach, my high school coach, my dad, you know, 
is, is a great man and, and uh, you know, so so blessed and fortunate to be uh, be able to be raised by such a man. But uh, he, he didn't have time to take me, you know, to, to around the country. He was working, you know, and he was, he was milking cows and, and, you know, taking care of making a living and raising and supporting the family. And so my high school coach, Tony Beardsley, took me everywhere. Yeah, you know, and he, he got me exposed. Taking me to, you know, Fila back then it was at Northwestern, the uh Fila Cadet and and then, you know, junior nationals and, and uh you know, I placed out at Western Regional back when that tournament was really popular, uh, a couple times and and that got me exposed. Um so Fargo for me was was very valuable. I never felt I had a good a good uh performance out there from what I was capable of, but I always I was all American out there. Um and I think that's I mean, when you look at the statistics of kids that have success in college wrestling, it's pretty staggering. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and maybe this leads in for the last question to my next, but being a wrestler, you've had plenty of great coaches impact your life and career, but are you able to single out one that you think about now that you're coaching and say, I hope to impact young people's lives the way that this person may have helped you? You know, I, for me, again, I, I just have to uh, – point to the fact that I've been very blessed through my, through my journey. Um, and, you know, it wasn't, it, it was, it was different coaches at different times, you know, um, honestly, you know, early on, it was Tony Beardsley, my high school coach gave me opportunities that I never would have had. And then being recruited to Michigan, I never actually was coached by Tony Roby, but he recruited me, you know, real hard and, and, and built a good relationship with Tony, but then he went to Vatex, um, so then it was Andy Rovat, and I, I built a very good relationship with Coach McFarlane. Um, Joe McFarlane had a lot of the same ideas about what it took to to be a, a, a champion as I did, and he kind of helped shape some of those. He, he definitely helped shape some of those ideas, but Coach McFarlane and I had a great relationship. So, you know, there's no question he was a mentor and, and uh, you know, a figure that taught me a, a ton. And, but then hands-on was Andy Rogat in college, just my development. Uh, I wouldn't have been the wrestler. I was, um, and I, you know, I am the coach I am today a lot, is a lot thanks to Andy Rogat. I mean, tremendous individual, total dedication to the sport of wrestling. And, uh, and he's, you know, he, he's a visionary, always in pursuit of betterment of the sport. Um, and, you know, he, he even moved to Russia for eight months, didn't even speak the language and just lived there just to, mm-hmm. yep. just to better understand, uh, you know, like a different, a different system. And we always joked that Andy was a Russian trapped in an American's body. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, I, I mean, so many of those experiences motivated me, inspired me and, uh, and helped me, you know, raise my level. And, you know, ultimately, um, I, I want to pass those experiences on to these kids, and uh, and you know, go, go do do as much as I can for them to help their their success. You know, on the mat and 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 off the mat. For me, it's a lot more than about get, winning wrestling matches. Yeah, we're gonna win a lot of wrestling matches, but you know, to me, it's it's goes a lot a lot to a lot deeper level than that. It's about being a man, individual development, and and uh, you know, being being a man of character and integrity and ultimately, you know, taking care of uh, yourself, responsibility, and, and those around you. 
So looking ahead to next season for the Boilermakers, I was checking out the roster, and it looks like Alex Griffin is going to be the only guy on the team with NCAA tournament experience, I believe. Um, is yeah. that a concern for the coaching staff going into the year with a team that may be young and inexperienced in terms of postseason competition, at least? Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, it always helps to, to be at a, at a big dance and, and have those experiences and feel those nerves. Um, but, you know, we, we do have a very a young team coming back. And um, I, I guess to me, it points back to leadership. Um, we, we have some, some good young leaders developing right now. And the expectation needs to, needs to reflect the coach's expectation. And that is, that has moved greatly from when we, when we began here two years ago. Um, you're starting to see the expectations change. And then, you know, these leaders have to emerge and hold, hold their teammates and their buddies accountable. Um, you know, I, I was fortunate to be on some really good teams in Michigan. Um, you know, top five caliber teams a couple times. And, you know, there was, there was internal, um, pressure from the leaders on the team to keep, you know, to make sure that the culture and the and the mentality were right, and I just think good teams have that internal pressure. It's not always the coach, you know, wagging you know wagging his finger or whatever with the big stick, uh, trying to keep the mentality and the culture right. Um, so th- that is a concern having those leaders, and and those leaders are emerging over the summer, and, and I think they're going to emerge in preseason even more so, um, but. You know, we can't lose sight of the expectation. And the expectation is, you know, training to be training national champs and training, you know, all Americans. And, uh, obviously we got a ways to go. Um, but as long as we don't lose sight of that and, uh, and these kids keep understanding the sacrifice and, and what needs, and what's necessary, I think we're going to be moving in that direction. And we got, we got more talent coming in next year. We got, we got more talent, young talent. Um, so you just hope that they're, they're listening to the right the right message, mm-hmm. and they are. I mean, gonna, you can tell in the work right now. Um, we're going to go full circle now and then talk about your career individually. Uh, when and why did you begin wrestling? Uh, <laughs> you know, it's a great great uh, question. Grew up on a dairy farm. My dad wrestled uh, at Montana State University there in town back when they had had a Division One program in the Big Sky Conference. And we were just wrestling from when we were kids. I got two younger brothers, and I mean, we grew up wrestling. Our, our literally our our living our living room was instead of instead of Carver Burns, we had Matt Burns because we had a, a, a eleven by eleven hunk of mat in our living room, and we we're above the dairy barn and apartment, and and we just grew up wrestling. I I wrestled it, you know, through high school. My brothers wrestled, and uh, and then. You know, we played other sports too, which I, I'm a huge proponent of. Um, I played football in high school, played soccer, played basketball when I was younger, hockey. Um, but, uh, I think, I, I, you know, I think me playing, playing football in high school, I don't think I would have had the same success had I just focused on wrestling. I think me playing football really opened my mind to training and understanding explosiveness and just making me more well-rounded as an individual and as an athlete. And, uh, 
So then, you know, all three of us wrestled in, in college, actually, and it wasn't, Dad wasn't making us. It was, we all wanted to, and to, I went to Michigan, Tay went to Northern Montana, uh, NAIA, and Tell went to Minnesota State, Mankato, and, uh, you know, I'm still, I'm still coaching and training. I actually just stepped away from training this, this year. Um, I've been competing on the senior circuit since 2006. Um, when I was in college and been very fortunate to have great experiences and, and travel overseas and, you know, place in the U.S. Open, place in the Olympic trials and, and those things. But, uh, never, never was able to reach, uh, my goals, you know, uh, of being, being on the world team and, and, you know, wrestling for a world championship or Olympic championship. But, uh, just very, very blessed to, to be able to have all of the, uh, just the, the, the experiences that I've been able to with the sport of wrestling. And, uh, I feel, I mean, you know, I've got a young family. Uh, I just married two, two and a half years ago and I've got a two year old daughter and, and well, she's almost two, I guess. Um, and then another one coming in December. So, you know, the, the priorities shift mm-hmm. being less, <laughs> being less selfish, uh, you know, instead of focus on, you know, my training and next conquest, uh, you know, now it's my family's, um, family, family time is a lot more important to me. And, uh, so it's, you know, I, I'm so fortunate to be able to do what I love to do training and, and wrestling with these guys every day. And that's what it came down to to me. I could try and, and come back and train. Um, but you know, risking injury and all these things, I feel like I can train with these college guys and, and, you know, really help, help some guys to, to reach the pinnacle of their, of their, um, abilities over the next, you know, 10 years at least, um, hands-on, you know, banging mm-hmm. with them every day where, you know, training at the highest level with the best guys consistently, it, it's, it's an awesome, it's an awesome thing, but you know, it's, it's sometimes, sometimes it's not worth it for the toll it takes on your body. <laughs> sure. Um, I mentioned before that you're from Montana, Bozeman, Montana. It's a place that, uh, the state is produce good wrestlers, just maybe not in large quantities like other states. You know, as a young wrestler, what kind of training situations did you put yourself into to be able to go out and place or win national tournaments like uh, senior nationals, Fargo, some of the other ones? Yeah, um, I got to really uh, hand that to my coach. He did a great job. Beardsley did a great job uh, peaking me and training me for national tournaments. I remember I did a three week training cycle before senior nationals where I was working out three times a day. And, and, you know, in the morning I would be on the mat doing some technique. And then at lunch I would run, um, you know, different, uh, track workouts three times a week. I would do, you know, just interval sprints and stuff. And then in the, in the afternoon I would, he would get like four or five guys in there and they would rotate on. Um, and we did a lot of work from bottom. And, uh, fortunately we did that because I ended up, needing to get out in over in double overtime to win and was able to get out um in the finals of senior nationals. So yeah, you know, he really created uh the situation that I needed. Uh I was in great physical shape. And uh so, you know, as a word of advice to, you know, a lot of there's a lot of individuals and I hear a lot of kids say, Well, I just, you know, I don't have any workout partners, you know, and and especially out west you run into that. You, you just you're so spread out it's hard to get the great type of training situation that's necessary for the, the best, uh, the highest you know, level of competition. And you can, it's not always, you know, optimal, but you can 
simulate a lot of these experiences, um, you know, through rotating partners, pushing, putting you in tough situations, situations, you know, down by a point, up by a point, you know, down on the mat, wrestling. Um, It's just like, for example, Tony Ursuline coached Jake Herbert and recruited Jake Herbert to Northwestern. And a lot of those Northwestern guys don't have training partners. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> they've only got yeah. they've only got like 18, 19 guys on their roster, you know, or 20, whatever it is. Um, so you have to create situations for those guys and you've got to put them in tough spots. And that's something Tony has a lot of experience with. And, you know, it's been fun for me to be able to watch and learn um, as we are looking to do some of those same things with our guys. Um, but, you know, it's having those individuals that, that can be pushed to that level. And then the expectation is, well, it doesn't matter that I haven't been training with an All-American or, or you know, whatever. I'm in great shape, and I'm going to win a national title. You know, and, and that's, for some kids, that's a big, it's tough to, to make that jump. But uh, it's definitely doable. And in high school, I felt I, I was able to do that. Built up a lot of confidence training hard at home and training with just my buddies and they they weren't that into wrestling training, but they'd come in and work out with me. And mm. then it was about you know going and and chasing down some dreams. So now it's time to pick a school. What made you sign with Michigan, and who else did you strongly consider? Uh, it came down to three for me. Um, I, I it came down to Michigan, Missouri, and um, Oregon State, and. Missouri and Michigan were my finalists. I actually, I wanted to go to Missouri and my coach, and this can tell you how important a coach can be in in an athlete's decision. um, My coach said, if you want to be the best wrestler you can be, you you should go to Michigan. And I went to Michigan. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, and and I don't regret it at all. Um, I think it would have been interesting to see how, I would have developed have you know, asking was the class ahead of me. So wrestling with Ben every day and kind of developing a little bit different style. Uh, it, it, it might, it's interesting. Who knows? It might have, might have made some, made a few differences here and there and it might not have, but I, I was surrounded by a ton of great role models and, you know, great leadership at Michigan. And, uh, that's what it came down to. I actually picked Missouri and my coach said, no, you're going to Michigan if you want to be the best. <laughs> <laughs> um, early in your career at Michigan, did you have a moment in the practice room or out in a real match where you get a win or even a close loss that made you believe and realize that you had the potential to become an NCAA All-American, uh, NCAA title contender? Yeah, you know, two really moments stick out in my mind. One was like the first three weeks of practice. Um, and I was getting it put on me pretty hard, especially on the mat. On my feet, I felt like I could, I could, you know, scrap with these guys. But man, Ryan Trella and Pat Owen was in the room at the time, and uh, I mean, all of them, like Nick Roy. I mean, they get on top of me and and just wear me out. And I, I felt like there was like two weeks where I didn't get a takedown because um, I just was seeing nothing but the mat and eating that. And I, but I remember one day going with Kevin Vogel, who was a long time. Uh, Greco guy living out in Colorado Springs forever. And then he had moved back and he was our volunteer assistant in Michigan. Great guy. Um, and, and another, you know, great mentor of mine. But, uh, Kevin, I worked out with him one day and 
I got a couple takedowns on him and was feeling a little bit better. And after practice, he grabbed me and he said, "Hey, Tyrell, you're gonna you're gonna have a good career." He's like, "Just have him tell you a little, tell you a little bit." He's like, "Because I because I was pretty down and out about wrestling in general. I was like, man, I thought I was good at this. Maybe I'm not." <laughs> and he he kind of gave me a little bump and was like, "Hey, you know, you're gonna be all right. You're gonna have a good career." And I never forgot that. And that was something I drew a lot of confidence from because I believed him, you know. Mm-hmm. I knew he wasn't just blowing smoke. And then after my freshman year, I kind of had a rough redshirt year. You know, it took quite a few lumps. I was down at 74. I won one tournament, but it, the tournament was a really weak tournament. <laughs> and uh, and then um, after I bumped up to 184 at University of Nationals, and that was a total watershed tournament for me. I had a big bracket, several All-Americans I ended up placing. I think it was fourth or fifth in that bracket, beating a couple All-Americans. And that's when I, I was like, all right, this is my weight class. And, you know, it's time to go chase the national title. Um, so that was a huge watershed for me. I think me cutting to 74 my first year um, hurt me a little bit, just uh, from a, like, it was amazing, like, bumping up a weight class and just feeling stronger, just for me personally. I just felt like a new man at 74. I just, I felt like I, I was hollow. I just didn't have, didn't have any bill juice. So, um, so, you know, those experiences are something that I draw on, you know, dealing with, with some guys, um, you know, especially being up for weight and walking through that. But, uh, I think a lot of it had to do with weight class and then a lot of it, I, we had a great training cycle before that. Um, and, and so those are all opportunities where, we, you know, we had 20 guys that, at University Nationals this year and the year before we had 17. So those are all opportunities we're wanting to create for these guys. And, you know, we had one guy emerge, Kyle Ayersman, was in the finals at University Nationals, and he's never even been a starter at Purdue. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really excited about, you know, him coming into his senior year and what he's capable of. Um, so as a freshman, he plays fifth in the Big Ten, went one and two at Nationals, losing the first round to Christian Sinnott, a guy you had beaten earlier that year. Talk about your thoughts on the season as a whole. Um, at that point, I saw that, you know, you were competitive with some of the best guys in the nation, the older guys like the Roger Kishes, the Bradleys, Ben Whistle, but just not able to get over the hump consistently. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and part of that, I think, was just physical strength. Um, you know, I, I had a, I lost to Kish in overtime in the duel, really took him to the, to the, to the brink there and didn't quite get, you know, get, get the match to go my way. But, uh, you know, I, I think, and again, as a coach, you know, you look back and you analyze everything. Um, I, you know, if I would have spent my freshman year just pounding iron and lifting and going 84 instead of 74, I would have been stronger. Um, so it would have been a little easier going 84, but, you know, at, like I committed to made a huge commitment to the weight room, um, you know, after that freshman year and, you know, by my sophomore year, I mean, by like by my junior year, there was no doubt in my mind I was a strong 84 part of the country. I mean, no question in my mind. And, but, but that wasn't, that wasn't, you know, anything genetic. That was because I just flat pounded iron <laughs> all the time. <laughs> That's what I did. And so, you know, that, that was something I just analyzed in my own wrestling. I was like, I just got to be stronger if I'm going to beat these guys. 
And so I, I came up a little short as a freshman there again, competed with a lot, a lot of those good guys. Uh, Clemson, you know, I, I took him out early on in an open tournament. Um, you know, and actually the next year ended up uh, losing to him for fifth and sixth, uh, that first year I all American. Um, but yeah, that that the, the weight room was a big piece to this for me, confidence wise. Mm-hmm. Um, so that next season, you moved up to become one of the elite guys in the nation. You know, getting wins against a freshman Jake Barner, Mike Bashillo, someone who you'd went back and forth with, and made it all the way to the semis before falling before falling to Jake Herbert and getting fifth. You know, at the time, how do you feel about getting onto the podium for the first time? Um, you know, I I was, uh, you know, it, it is such a big deal to be an All American, um, and it opens up a lot of opportunities for you. I, I definitely was not satisfied though. Um. You know, I, I I remember distinctively, you know, being pretty frustrated and pretty anger motivated <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, after that to jump right in. And right after that season, you know, I took, I uh, think it was fifth in the U.S. Open, um, you know, beat Chris Pendleton in the U.S. Open there right after that. And uh, so, I mean, I, I use that as a motivational thing, kind of a catapult. Um, that that first you know, getting on the podium that first time it wasn't something that I was like oh I finally did it you know I I was my whole career and that's one thing I have no regrets over my whole career I was chasing a national championship you know and and then I, when I look back you know I I got no regrets. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the your junior season you only had a few losses earned the third seat at nationals and once you're there upset in the second round by Nebraska's Vince Jones. After yeah. that match, you battled back, winning six in a row to take third. You know, talk about the Jones match and then having to get over, you know, whatever feelings you have from that match, then roll through the concies. Yeah, that one was a tough one. Uh, you know, Jones, is a, he always wrestled me super hard. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, uh, he, uh, I wrestled him out in Fargo, and I lost to him. Uh, and it's in, in a real tight one, I believe. Um Actually, as I look back, I might have he might have double legged me and, and like touch pinned me or something. But anyways, he he beat me in Fargo, and I I, I saw him at national duels, lost to him, and then I saw him in nationals, and I lost to him. And I mean, like he's a guy like for whatever reason he always thought he could beat me. And I, I went up two takedowns, I was up to a four to two, and uh, he see I rolled him out and. Uh, he got, he was able to come back right at the end. And it was a kind of deal where I, I was totally gassed out and McFarlane was trying to get me to call injury time. And I was like, no, I mean, just not my DNA. I, oh, I'd rather lose battle than take an injury. And that's just how I'm wired. And, uh, and so I did that. I lost battle. <laughs> and, uh, and of course, you know, he, he, he lost a couple times after that and was out of the tournament and, I, I had to do a lot of work on the backside coming back, but uh, it was a, it was a you know a tough way to lose early like that, but uh, ended up coming back and having having a decent result and finishing winning anyway. And so, prior to your senior season, you went up to 197. Uh, you had mentioned that 
you kind of struggled before at 174. Was it huge cut for you getting down to 184? Uh, I started getting bigger, yeah. I mean, I was lifting a lot, really committed to that. Um, I was planning on bumping up to 97, and then my actual, you know, as I started getting into season and getting in shape, um, you know, in good wrestling shape, like, you know, my body was smaller, so I was, I was actually planning on going back down to 84 later. But then I tore my ACL in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, first tournament of the year. And so that kind of mixed any plans going down. Um, just couldn't do the road work I needed to. And uh, so then, uh, you know, ended up taking five weeks off. My first match back was uh, McFarland scheduled a, a duel in my hometown, Michigan versus Oregon State, in uh, called the Battle of the Big Sky uh, at Montana State University. It's really cool cool thing that, that Joe did there. And, uh, I mean, it was crazy. They had like 4,500 fans or more. Uh, there was a high school tournament in town. So a lot of the wrestling fans from around the state were there for that dual meet. And that was my first match back from town, my ACL. So that was the most nervous I've ever been. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I got, I got everyone, my friends, family, everyone I know, you know, here, and I'm trying to wrestle on this, this torn ACL. Um, and actually met my wife, who's now my wife, because she was the athletic trainer at Bulls and High who was taping my knee up at the time. But uh, it's funny how, funny how things work out. But, you know, I ended up you know, winning that match and then had a great Big Ten, stolen through the Big Ten, uh, winning everything, won the title, and then uh, ended up getting stopped up by Tony's guy, Rester, who was a, a, <laughs> a great, a big, tough, tough dude. Uh, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, ended up, you know, Ended up finishing fourth, and you know, not not getting where I wanted to be, but uh, yeah, it's funny how things work out now. You know, working with Tony, and you know, he coached against me uh, for a couple of years there with Brester, so probably his his biggest success story, definitely his mm-hmm. biggest success story. So looking back at your collegiate career, you know, how, how do you view it? A guy from Montana starts at Michigan all four years, has a bunch of accolades or do you end up thinking about the losses or as so many of the wrestlers tend to do? Uh, you know, I, I don't, uh, you know, I, I look at, at, at the journey, you know, it, it's been an unbelievable journey. Uh, I'm so blessed to be able to have these, uh, these experiences. And I mean, some of my greatest experiences were after college, you know, being able to go overseas and wrestle in Russia and, and, you know, Ukraine and, and Chechnya and, and you know, you know, be around some of the these other philosophies and other ideologies. Um, yeah, our sport. I'm just I'm very passionate about the sport of wrestling. Um, and you know, so being able to have competed like I did, I obviously you know the, the losses stick with you the most. But I, I just choose not to focus on those. You know, for me right now, I'm choosing to focus on developing these guys I got in the room and you know, helping, helping pass, you know, I want to pass the torch. I want, I want to help them achieve the things that I wasn't quite able to do. And, uh, I feel like I've got a lot of tools to be able to help them do that. And, uh, so that, that's kind of my focus. And, you know, I, I, again, you know, I'm just very, very, uh, thankful for all the experiences I had at Michigan. Those Joe treated me right, um, from day one. And, uh, you know, he was a man of his word and took care of me when, when, uh, when I needed it. And, uh, I don't think you can ask for anything more than that from a coach. 
Okay, that's all I have for you. Is there anything else that you would like for people to know about Tyrell Todd, Purdue wrestling, anything else? You know, the floor is yours. Yeah, um, you know, I guess what what I what, one thing I would like to say is um, I'm just uh, I feel like there's a lot of schools in the country where you know people can go you know pursue their their uh, their wrestling dreams and accolades and I've had the opportunity to, 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 to coach a lot of different places and some closer to home in, in Montana than I am now. And, and I, I, I want to be here in West Lafayette um, because I feel like this is, you're in, you're in the wrestling Mecca right here. You know, you have the big 10, you're the center of the big 10. You can go anywhere right around here and you got great wrestling at the highest level in, in the United States. And, and I, had a good talk with Coach Slay about this when I was out there for training camp this last winter uh, out in Colorado Springs, and you know I, I feel like on a to, to, for us to to compete at a higher level on a world stage, we've got to create more training experiences for our senior level athletes and our junior level athletes in freestyle and Greco Roman, and mm-hmm. you know I, I think regionally a place like Purdue. You know, where we can drive up to Michigan, we can drive up to Northwestern, we can shoot over to, you know, over to um, Champaign's an hour and a half away. We can shoot over to Ohio State's four hours, you know. And I can take my best guys, my guys that are training for, to make world teams and, you know, maybe eventually one day Olympic teams. But those guys, I can get them to those, those kind of experiences, train for three, four days and come home. You know, that's how I envision, you know, not only – our, my program and, and Coach Erickson's program here moving forward, but also, um, you know, USA Wrestling as a whole. I think that right now we've got a lot of divisions. Everyone's got RTCs. I mean, we've got an RTC, you know, that I mm-hmm. uh, that I kind of run point point on. And and uh, but instead of us getting together and training together and creating these great training experiences, you know, we just stay um, where we're at and we try and bring you know, better guys in and, and everyone's trying to pay these better guys to come in and I'm going to be going after some of these better guys to come in and train at the Boilermaker RTC. I mean, that's just how it goes. But I think those guys are going to develop and, and become world-class wrestlers and for the Purdue guys will become world-class wrestlers going and seeking out these opportunities to go train for a few days. That's what they've been doing in, in Russia for years. I mean, you know, they have... You know, whatever, Kresniarsk or Vladikoskov will have a huge training camp and all the best guys will go there and they'll bang for three, four days or a week or whatever it is and eat and, and have a great training cycle and then they go home, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that, that, that's, we need to replicate that or we're going to get left behind on a world stage, in my opinion. All right, a big thank you to Tyrell Todd for coming on with Sudden History. Thanks so much for having me. Once again, I appreciate Tyrell for talking with us on Sudden History. I apologize if the sound quality isn't up to the level it is normally. I recorded the interview from a different location inside the vast Sudden History headquarters, so you live and you learn. Before I go, remember to check out everything on the Matt Talk Podcast Network, and until next time. How the hell do I get off this stage?